0: up
1: this morning with
2: the sun down, shining in, in. Oh. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, s***head?
1: Oh, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown
3: paper bag, but then... Well, do we'll fix that to Jack.
4: Somehow, Eliani on the board, SP Futures, down one, 100, yeah, 100. NASDAQ features down 395. This is not a good good morning for the market with this invasion. It wasn't supposed to be an invasion. Everybody said it wasn't going to happen. Now it's happening all over the place. And uh, Good thing we have Mr. Lou to tell me all about it. Do we have Lou? Yeah, I'm here. Good morning. How are you? Uh I'm a little dis- I'm discombobulated here a little bit because uh, the craziness in the market, Lou, and all the different clients I have now, I had to go out and try, and try and find a new computer that's it's good for like a couple of code traffics and all the other stuff. I finally had to call up my, my Egyptian buddy, Saad. I said, Hey, you remember me? He goes, Yeah. I said, How about making me up a super, a super quick computer for all my stuff? No problem. So I had to go out to Lombard yesterday to pick up my computer that, my double secret computer that can handle all this stuff from my, you gotta have guys, Lou, gotta have guys.
2: So this is an upgrade from the, what, 1993? System that you had, pretty much. Uh, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so. Uh, but you know, when something uh,
4: works, when something works, don't touch it. So of course. Uh,
2: yeah, but that that works up to a point, and the problem, of course, is you know the the upgrades keep coming, and the processing demands get bigger and bigger. And do you still have a three G phone?
4: Um, I do have one of those, but uh, I understand it's not going to work not, like this week. Not we for long. Yeah. Of course, they've been telling me that for two years. This time, I think they mean it.
5: Uh,
2: I just I, I, want talk. We could talk some about Ukraine this morning. I mean, this is, of course, against, runs against what I thought he would do. Um, I, we still don't know how much of an invasion it's been. Um, there are pictures of these guys going across the border, but I just, I don't know whether we're looking at, at, you know, a full land invasion or whether we're looking at a small incursion to secure some, you know, some areas. Most of what I've been seeing so far has been counterforce, what I call a counterforce strike, which is a Cold War strategic term that the, relates to the use of uh, weapons on military targets or uh, targets that relate to the defense of the country. And that's, that is what I thought they would do initially, hit airports, hit defense establishments, uh, you know, intelligence nodes, um, maybe communications facilities to try to uh, eliminate the ability of the Ukrainian uh, government to uh, resist in any kind of cohesive fashion. So that is definitely going on. I have not seen anything other than sort of isolated video of, you know, tanks crossing the border or whatever. And, and you know it, it doesn't look like a it doesn't look like a lightning occupation of the entire country but, but we'll see I mean this is this is a huge escalation on, on Putin's part It the, uh, the Russian analysts that I follow on uh, on Twitter and on the internet are all pretty much saying the same thing which is this is an irrational move by Putin if in fact it's a full scale invasion It, it makes, it makes no sense. Um, except in terms of, in terms of risk analysis, anyway, it makes no sense. It makes perfect sense from the standpoint that, you know, as early as 2007, um, in a conversation with then President uh, Bush, you know, Putin said, look, I don't know what you guys are raising a stink about on Ukraine. Ukraine is not a separate country and doesn't exist as a separate country. Um, and they've always, the Russians have always uh, been, uh, you know, adamant that they never accepted the the split of the Soviet Union with respect to, to especially Ukraine.
4: Well, uh, it happened.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's it's there, and I mean the. Ukraine has always been part of the or has been part of the Russian Empire for quite a while. But where you saw the real, you know, recent historical breaks of, of, of Ukrainian solidarity is is you know it starts starts in the 1920s when when uh, you know, Russia loses the First World War, um, the Bolsheviks take power. You have the Russian Civil War. You, you, you see Ukrainian independence being pushed as enough within a number of other uh, republics of the former Russian empire pushing for independence the, uh, the Soviets come down hard on Ukraine in the 20s and then in the 1930s you know with the with the imposition of uh, communalized agriculture they they literally starve Stalin exports all the grain that he can from Ukraine and they starve. I mean, the estimates are three, 3 million to 4 million people die of starvation in something called the Hold'emore, which is, you know, an enforced famine. So they, they force this famine on Ukraine in the 30s. When the, when the Ru- Germans invade Russia in, the 19, in 1941, and they come into Ukraine, they are actually welcomed by the Ukrainians. And in fact, a Ukrainian uh, combat division forms that fights them on, on behalf of Hitler because compared and, and, and this is with massacres going on in, in Ukraine right and left by the Nazis because, because Hitler was a, was a better alternative than Joseph Stalin. Um, Stalin would have not, been a tossing. Stalin does not, does not forget that and in and late after the war, he imposes another famine on on Ukraine. Uh, that was reported by Khrushchev and uh, and a number of others. So, you know, I was in Kiev twenty some odd years ago, and and they are twenty no twenty five years ago, and they have not forgotten. I mean, it was a very if you if you talk to to residents there, they were very uh, they were very happy to be outside the Soviet Union, adamant that there would be a fight coming if they tried to the russians tried to bring them back in and so there's a you know there's a, a recent terrible awful history of of what happened there and um it it's been a it it there, there were things that happened in ukraine under under soviet rule that are still within the memory of the ukrainian people and uh, they do not look at the russians as you know anything other than a. Uh, uh, you know, a conqueror an enslaving state and a and a, a place that uh they don't want any part of, notwithstanding their, their very long history. The Russians, of course, see it entirely differently. They see they see Ukrainian nationalism as something that, that fought on behalf of the Nazis. This is why this is why Putin keeps referring to Ukrainian leadership as Nazis and said he was engaging in denazification.
4: Well uh you don't want to you don't want to mention to our girl Angelica that she's Russian. That, that's fighting words. Oh no!
2: I mean, if you if you any of those chief any of those republics, you know it, the uh, Baltic states—Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia, uh, Ukraine—a um, number of other places. You, you don't. The, the Russian memory is a, or, or memory of the Soviet Union is is a terrible, awful, uh, memory that these people don't want to associate with him in, in any way shape or form and and they see putin the former soviet kgb agent and uh, a guy who's been unabashedly in favor of reestablishing the soviet union in uh, in whatever form he can they they see him as as a you know a nightmare so, so if you listen to you know, remember i was talking to you last week about great russian nationalism and the, as the motivation part of the motivation for this it, if you listen to putin's speech last week and the and the address that he gave uh well it was taped on monday but he, he gave it uh, last night um if you listen to that you hear all the echoes of we're going to make the russian empire great again and this is going to be uh you know this is our first step in re-establishing our control over over our own destiny and the west doesn't uh, understand us and, and is the enemy and is threatening us. This is, these are all themes that echo through through Russian history.
4: Well, so, what is a this is a, a monster question? I don't think you'd be able to answer but
2: but this this is this is the I'm, sorry This right. is part of the answer and maybe the major answer in terms of why he would act this way, despite the the unbelievably difficult economic situation that it's going to force on his on his folks
4: and it doesn't seem like he's going to get much. I mean, he's going to constantly keep paying. But, I, but the part that, I, well, one of the parts I don't quite get, is one of the ways to stop this is if the Ukraine is has been independent now for a while. But instead of instilling, I mean, person for person, man for man, woman for woman, the economy in Ukraine is probably better than it is in Russia. And it's a big place. So why, after a period of, let's say, 50 years... Do they end up with the world's most corrupt government? Their economy pretty much sucks. They don't have any standing army when they used to have one. Uh, they used to be part of the Soviets. They don't seem to have any ability to protect themselves. I mean, what was the name of that goofball that had that massive palace that stole all the money where Flynn was involved and Biden's kid was involved? The guy was stealing money from everybody.
2: Yeah, that was a, that was a pro, I mean, that was a pro-Russian group. Uh, that was Tymoshenko, who I think was, was, you know, fled the country to go to, uh, to go back to Russia.
4: Okay.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, let, let's, let, let me, as somebody who did business in that part of the world in the 90s and early aughts, I, I will tell you that it, it, it made Chicago look like an honest broker. It, it <laughs> very much, very much reminded me of doing business in Chicago with, in terms of the, in terms of the overall corruption. And that was endemic in russia and in the soviet union uh way before um way before the breakup i mean it was almost impossible to do anything in in the in russia in the 1990s and early aughts unless you bribe somebody and i'm not i'm not sure that has changed the bribery was very local then but but you know it's still there it's just done at a it's just done at a higher level um it, it the civil the civil society in those states in the former Soviet states ha, is terribly terribly broken. the The only places it's not are are it, it, as far as I can tell from you know my business uh, reports are the Baltic states. Um, but the rest of the place, I mean, try, try to do try to do business in one of the Soviet former Soviet Central Asian republics. You know, Kazakhstan is effectively a, a tribal dictatorship. Um, Turkmenistan, Tajikistan, all of these, you know, retain close ties to the, the Soviet model and and are, are, are corrupt, difficult places to do business. Georgia is a corrupt place that, that has, has tried to get out from under it. But, you know, when you were doing business... One of the big problems in doing business over there in the, in the 90s during the Wild West phase is was that you had to pretty much pay off whoever you you were connected to in the government who was giving you access to their industries if you wanted anything and and this this mentality permeates the former Soviet uh, republics uh, I think I told you on the show my, my theory, and I haven't heard it expressed too many other places, but I think it's correct. The Soviet states developed into a kleptocracy because when the Soviet Union collapsed, the only people who knew how to run a capitalist business were, were the criminals. There was a very well-advanced black market in Russia that supported the Soviet Union that kept goods flowing in and out of the in and out of the country and the soviet officials you know things like consumer goods and 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 certain types of agricultural products you could not get in soviet shops but you could buy them on the black market and the soviets turned a blind eye to that because that was the only way their economy functioned well so you had a very well developed criminal and it was these were criminals criminal element in place that understood the bottom line. They could read a balance sheet. They understood profit loss. They understood how, how to, to manage in, a, in, a, in an incentive based kind of, of economy. So they had that expertise. The only people with the information that you need in a modern capitalist state to, to you know, things like, like polling data and demographics and consumer trends and things like this, the only people that had that information were the KGB. And so you had an instant melding of the Committee of State Security, the secret police, the, the KGB, who, who were in a position to give information to a capitalist class that was essentially criminal. And what developed was a, an instant kleptocracy, a state that survives on stealing and theft. And, and that happened under Boris Yeltsin, and it, it continued, it refined itself under under uh, uh, Putin, as he as he moved up through the ranks, and then when he stepped into power, again remember he was Yeltsin's pick. When he stepped into power, he was able to consolidate this, and that's what's happened there now. It, it, it's a civic culture that that, in some respects, is totally foreign to Western a Western mind, and yet very closely mimics places like Chicago, or. You know the old style New Orleans. I'm trying to think of some other really corrupt cities. Maybe Detroit, but but, but I, I think of I think of Chicago when I think of I think of the model for for dealing with a Russian uh, a Russian policy.
5: Well,
4: I uh, sorry yeah. for that, that. No, no, no. That's exactly, that's exactly what I was I was kind of uh, looking for. I I don't. Uh, I don't as you know, but uh, yeah, having
2: said that, having said all that.
4: Well, this move by
2: putin is a i think a really bad miscalculation
4: yeah i've been, I've been trying to get the logic of it as well i i uh you know i let's put it this way as you know we we are not shy about criticizing our own uh, government here um in a lot of ways because i think it's and the reason why I, I i do that Lou, is i don't i don't think the population here in in total not individually in total. Really understands what a special thing we've got going here, and how rare it is, and how rare it's ever been in history, and how how fragile it is, and how bad if we screw it up, there may never be another one. And I don't, I don't well, think I, people. I, I have mean, that the me.
2: population, our our population for the last forty years has been bombarded in school with the idea that we are an evil, awful place.
4: And it's, but it's actually. The difference is we can say that and we can improve. That's, that, that well, lies the rub. I mean, nobody else can do that. Nobody else wants to do that. We are not going to improve if our fundamental
2: understanding of our nation is that it is a place that is from its very foundation an evil, immoral, country. We're not going to improve based on that understanding.
4: I do not. First of all, you know, I do not. I do not feel that way at all. I, no rational person does, but but uh, that is the
2: mentality that you see in, in our elites.
4: Well, I even in terms of, of race relations, in terms of equality, economic, and not just race relations, uh, we have we have a we have a long way to go. But the fact is, we have people that. In, in, I don't know about the next twenty years, but in my lifetime, race relations are one a hell of a lot better than they were. Are we they do r- not have
2: we do not have a long way to go in the sense that that we have made tremendous improvements just in your and my lifetimes. Yes. Number one, number two, we are light years ahead of most countries in terms of our of our race relations at a at a an absolute level. If you, if, if we were the, if we were the the nightmare that the 1619 project, uh, projects, you would not see the success of non-white minorities here in the court, in the terms of Asians, in in the court, in the terms of Nigerians, in terms of Jamaicans. You know, we have a cultural issue in the united states that is creating problems for our for our our black citizens it creates the nightmare that that so many of our black citizens have to endure it's not a race problem it's an issue with with culture and and that culture has simply um is is simply not adapting but and 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 instead is is being is being ignored as the source of of the issues that are are so many of our native-born black uh, black citizens face but our immigrants our black the black immigrants that come to the United States well, as I said like like from Nigeria and other places they do, they do better they do better than whites here you know mm-hmm. it is Central Asia uh, uh, people from East Asia and, and Central Asia from India from, from you know the, all of these from, from South Asia all of these minorities come in here they, 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 they do well so this is not a race-based society and, and the focus on it, to the exclusion of everything else, you know, is, is corrosive to our national character and our national fibers. So I, I don't agree that that this is we are on a this recognition puts us on a path to to improvement. And we, you know, I, got, I hope we don't end up facing the test soon. The well, nightmare uh... scenario that that could erupt from this Ukraine situation for me anyway is that the ukrainians have managed to hold on to you know i don't know a dozen 2 dozen of the nuclear weapons that were in ukraine at the time of the fall of the soviet union you know there was a there was a, a treaty signed between russia and in ukraine ukraine gives back all of the nukes and russia agreed to respect ukrainian uh, borders as far yeah. as we know, the Ukrainians turned over all their nuclear weapons.
4: Well, what do? You, well, I'm sure they don't work, even if uh, I'm not sure. But uh, I, all right, let's start from the beginning. So,
2: so, so what, what is, let me let me just say, if the Ukrainians have the nightmare for me is the Ukrainians have at least a couple of those things lying around that they held back that are workable, and that they now faced with a pen, a, a, a you know national destruction. Um they put some of those, they put a couple of those on trucks and drive them into places in Russia. That's my nightmare.
4: Well, um yeah, I'll I tell you what, that's what I'm trying to, wandering around here in my, in my speech like I usually do, but I don't know, I mean, we're either talking about a, a full takeover, it becomes a Soviet province, they take over the police, they have occupational army, I don't know how he pays for that unless... Ukraine has you know he just grabs all the grain and enslaves everybody and does what what Stalin did I I don't know that he has the manpower or the or the ability to do that but maybe he does. I don't
2: think they I don't think they want to do that
4: well I didn't I mean uh, the last two days everybody's talking about how he just grabbed the two provinces and that's it we'll see in 10 years where he grabs two more just like Crimea and Obviously. Right, that's, that's right
2: that's where I thought that's where I thought this was going but and it, and it may still be going there this may be a this may be a quick hit. Let's go in. <clears throat> I mean, they could. What they could be doing, chief, is is setting up a, a a mechanism so that they could dash into Kiev with with special forces or airborne forces, grab the leadership of the Ukrainian government, bring them back to Russia, try them, execute them, and then um, and then install their their puppets and then pull out of there.
4: Well, right now he's not—he's not really going by anybody's playbook other than his own. It appears.
2: Well, we don't—I don't have enough information to yeah. tell you what he's doing. I mean, so the, the the one the one thing I I I do know about that I've seen in the press and I watched this into the wee hours of the morning uh, this morning is is again the counterforce strike that I thought was was pretty was was pretty typical. I don't know what the you know there are people apparently crossing the the border. I don't know what they're doing, and and we should we should be seeing that you know there's no there's not a video blackout or information blackout there. We should be seeing if they were doing a full scale land invasion, I think we'd be seeing a lot more video coming up. You know, tanks shooting into, well, into the. Well, does Ukraine all have all
4: that? Ukraine has nothing. They have no no tanks, no no divisions, and they have zero. I mean, they're, they're they do up.
2: have they do have tanks, and they do have a lot of anti armor stuff that they can that they can pitch into this what they don't have is air, is air power
4: um, do you think they're going to fight
2: yeah, they are fighting they've already shot down at least uh, a couple of airplanes they, yeah they'll fight the question is where they're going to fight I suspect that they have identified choke points <clears throat> where the you know the Russian military will have to you know collect um, I could talk a little bit about the weapons that, that we've given them um, you know, the anti-tank weapons that we've given them, that, that NATO has, has provided them, uh, will likely be effective against armored vehicles, and I would suspect that that, that stuff is being teed up now. Um, again, the lack of an Air Force is, is a big deal, but I, yeah. I, I think I've talked to you on the well, show. When we come
4: back, we've got a break. When we come back, let's talk about if they were members of, real members of NATO, how would this be different? What would... What, what, what can anybody do? And by the way, what can anybody do now? Everyone wants to not take him out of the uh, payments mechanism. <clears throat> You're still buying stuff from them. How do you take him out of the payments mechanism? We want, we'll want we take the gas and We're not going to pay you? And anyway, let's talk about that. we can SP futures down 104, and a futures down 415. And uh, boy, sorry death yesterday. Gary Brooker, singer for Procol Harum, dies at 76. Talk about a... A classic in the rock and roll community. We'll be right back, Stacks and Jocks.
1: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. But you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks.
4: Hello, this is Tom Harrell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. may not be enough to make some money in your investments. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at
6: PTISecurities.com. And that's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. Stocks,
4: jocks stocks, jocks, stocks and
5: jocks
4: You are out of control Right here, right here right here, right now One more thing, Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom t- Housh, She's Illiani on the board What the numbers hit today are bad, bad SP futures down 108 That's right, 108 A futures down 431 Dow futures down roughly 800 um, Like 802 or something like that It's a, it's a brutal warning Um over in Europe, DAX down 7.30, that's 5%. 5%. FTSE down 227, 3%. Kakaron down three twenty four point seven I'm going to say DAX is down the most because those guys uh, are more tied into Russia with the oil and natural gas. Why they are, I have no idea, but they are. Uh, Nikkei down 478, 1.8%. Uh, Shanghai down 59, one7 Hang Seng down 758, that's over 3%, 3.2%. So ouch across the board. Plus, yesterday, Dow was down 464, S&P down 79, NASDAQ down 344. So it was a brutal day yesterday, followed up by even a worse day right now. Uh, bonds. Uh, actually, down is well, a flight to quality as people go buy bonds. 1.86 on the 10-year. The blend uh, got, got whacked here, almost nine basis points. They're so down to 0.14. Japan down to 0.18. So everybody's fleeing the bonds here this morning. Oil, uh in the U.S., West Texas up six forty-two a barrel, ninety-eight fifty-two. Brent up seven twenty-two to one hundred four zero six. Natural gas up twenty-four cents, eight sixty-eight. Arbob up fifteen cents, two eighty-eight. So uh, your gas is going to be very expensive this weekend. Gold up forty-six bucks, nineteen fifty-seven. Uh, silver up seventy-one cents, 25 twenty-five twenty-six. Copper up three cents, four fifty-one. I've got people in long gold for a long time, and I guess I hope. I didn't really want a war to make me right, but uh, it looks like I'm right today. But I need a, didn't really want a war to let that happen. Uh, crypto, down 2500 bucks, 35000 is Bitcoin, $35,134. Uh i am not sure what the connection there is between these things. I mean, I don't think they're worth anything to start with, but uh, that, that would just be me. I don't see why the war would make any difference in anybody else's view, but anyway, they are. Eliani, what do you got for Australia Weather Sports?
3: Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.36 a.m. on February 24th. Uh, let's start with sports. Uh, in the NBA, they're making a comeback after a five-game postponement due to COVID-19 concerns. The NBA will return to, uh, tonight uh, with Bulls playing ATL and Suns playing OKC. In the NHL, Coyotes lose to Kings last night 2-3, to three, and Blackhawks will be playing New Jersey Devils tomorrow night. In college basketball, SIU beats ISU. 90 to 69 in Arizona State. We'll be playing Colorado Buffaloes tonight. Weather this morning, currently 26 cloudy with a high of 29 and a low of 24. And in Phoenix, sunny 37 with a high of 59 and a low of 37. Traffic this morning is a little bit crazy. Uh, there's an accident at the Route 171's uh, first ave exit ramp. I think it's the exit 20 ramp causing traffic between Highway 45 and Harlem for the time being. Traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 294 North Ramp and Lawrence. Traffic eastbound 94 between West Division and South Union. Intermittent traffic westbound on I-94 between 130th and 59th. And then between 43rd and Troop. Uh, Traffic northbound 55 between the I-20 Connector and Kedzie. A bit of traffic on Lakeshore northbound between the 55 North Ramp and Balbo. And southbound on Lakeshore between East Monroe and East Roosevelt. So please be careful driving this morning, everyone. That's all I have for you, Chief.
4: Boy, I, you, your next job could be up in the helicopter, just rattling off the traffic.
3: <laughs> I do my best. The,
4: uh, um, I'm going to run this one at you, Lou, um, see if you know where it came from, and see if you think it still applies. And although my eyes were open, they might have just as well been closed. And so was it later, as the Miller told his tale, that her face, fir- at first a ghostly white, turned a whiter shade of pale. Does that sound like today's news or what?
2: Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, I'm sorry to hear that guy's passing, uh, that, that group was
7: iconic.
4: There was, some of these, I've gotten, my, my buddies have, uh, have r- rousted me into this a little bit, but you go back and read some of these, these rock lyrics, you wonder, talk to us about a special talent or a special brand of drugs or whatever it was, you read the, the lyrics of like, this thing is a whiter shade of pale, you read White Room, you read those stories, some of the Moody Blue stuff, my God, even even the uh, train they call the city of New Orleans is is massive poetry. It's not just you know the same thing oh, yeah. over and over again. I mean, I don't know how those but guys I, even remembered it to sing it in some of the drugs they were on. I remember the uh, first time my my mother uh, I, I had
2: just bought a new Simon and Garfunkel album, I think in '69, I think, uh, or they um, whatever Bridge of Troubled Water came out, and the boxer was on it, and I was listening to it. And she stopped and listened to the lyrics. She said, "Holy cow, who who wrote this?" Yeah. And I, I said, the, the "Paul Simon." She goes, "But he hasn't lived enough life to have that kind of insight into you know despair and and you know emotion." And I said, "Well, you know he, he, he's got a he's got a feel for for something." But yeah. I, so so I have a friend of mine who I studied with uh, in uh, law school and he was a, a russian studies uh, guy like me and he made a really good case that stairway to heaven is about uh, is about russia and and you know the russians looking toward the west and trying to trying to merge a distinctly eastern kind of culture with with a, a western worldview it, it it if you if you read the lyrics it, it you, you could fit it. You could shoehorn it in there, and fit it uh, fit it in there.
4: Now, what is it? When, l- when I have a um, well, an acquaintance on the trading floor, and uh, they were they were, he's a bright guy. Went to Michigan, played ball for Bochemble. He's an attorney. I won't hold that against him. Um, but one of one of these outfits uh, outfits, one of these countries, sort of like Ukraine's, kind of uh, the places that had no you know no history of democracy. All of a sudden, you know, the the, st- the stupidos here think, okay, now, now we'll just go in there and have an election and everything will be cool. And, uh, and the guy says to me, you know, damn, I don't understand our, our logic here. They have, they have no history, there's no genetic history of a loyal opposition, and there's no genetic history of when you lose, you leave, you, feel like you realize what your party did, did wrong, and you try and come back and win the next time. Because if you don't have any history of that, how do you, <laughs> they have voting places, what good does it do? I mean, how, I guess the, uh, and I'm wondering if we're kind of losing that here, a little. I mean, I, in Chicago, you, you never had it, really. I mean, uh, I would, you know, everybody, half the, half the stuff is, uh, one person's running, there's nobody running against them. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's crooked as can be even till today. But I mean, just that whole idea, how rare that is. I mean, it's, I don't know, I guess it's the English from the Magna Carta on down, but there's not many places in the world that have any idea what that's all about. I, mean, I don't well, know think...
2: I, I would I would suggest I, I agree with you and I would suggest that you can add Canada to that mix now
4: absolutely and w-
2: and what happened what happened in in, uh, in the Canadian in the Canadian government I I do note that Trudeau who who apparently uh, got probably got a phone call from uh, from some people south of uh, south of the uh, Canadian border uh, who said you know, you're, you're screwing up by the numbers, Jack. You better, uh, you better shape up. I mean, they've revoked that emergency, that emergency uh, declaration. For, for what? What was the whole purpose of that thing? They, they stake out and, and basically enact a fascist authoritarian statute reserved supposedly for circumstances that affect the Canadian entip- polity, the Canadian national existence, they invoke that over a, a civil disobedience exercise that could have been could have been cleared, you know, with, with just local police power. They they force the, they force their cronies in the parliament, Canadian Parliament, to vote to support it. They whip everybody into shape on that, so they get a majority vote in the parliament to to support it. And then what? Three days later, they revoke it. It they they I. I Two things are happening right now in Canada, and and neither one of them are good for for the party in power. There's a run on Canadian banks, and and I, I don't know how significant it is, but but everybody that I've talked to and the stuff that I've been seeing indicates that Canadians are moving their money out of Canadian banks as fast as they can, and getting it outside of Canada because because everybody the the, the reach. Of the authoritarian uh, hand in Canada, has it is is now going down to people who contributed, you know, twenty bucks, twenty bucks Canadian, not even not even twenty dollars in real money, twenty dollars Canadian to uh, you know to to the, the truckers are suddenly finding themselves without jobs or found their bank accounts frozen, um, and, and uh, even if you weren't part of that. If you're if you're holding money in a Canadian bank, you think to yourself, I, "It could be me next." What what innocuous thing would I do that would that would get the government fired up? Uh, you know, the lack of security on those on those donor lists, the, the willingness of, of the Canadian press to so, and the American press to suddenly run out and dox all those people who, whose names were on those donor lists. I mean, it it's astounding. And and I think I think that's gonna bode really badly for uh for Canada in the in the near term.
4: Lou, this is uh I mean I've been really for not for ten years, but uh for the last several I've been talking more and more and I know that when I talk about it, nobody knows what the bleep I'm talking about and even my 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 best best buddy contributors, guys like you, think I'm over the over the top on this. I've been relating to everybody what is happening in our business as, as the, as the canary in the coal mine and what these, I don't know who these people are. I don't know where this experiment is coming from. I and mean, I don't, I honestly don't, but the, 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 the push down from law enforcement, from what government can and can't do and, uh, down into the, the, the bowels of, uh, banks and securities firms and people where they're forcing you, us, to to take action on people that is, is, is totally beyond any kind of constitutional rights anybody has. I mean, the fact that we have to investigate people overseas when they open up an account, we have to make sure their driver's licenses match up. the the the, the push down the 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 line. I keep saying it, and everybody thinks, you know, obviously it's, it's my show, so they let me talk for, for five minutes, and then they everybody forgets it. You can't forget it, Lou. The, the, everything you see now is just an extension of what I've been seeing for ten years. This is Chief. Chief you and I have had discussions
2: before about what I call the bureaucratic mindset, the, at which which looks to aggrandize its personal power within the, the confines or within the halls of, of state authority. And if you need any further example, I mean, you have a, you are living an example, but but. Just, just look at what the Centers for Disease Control and and remember, from day one, I told you that Anthony Fauci was a bureaucratic hack. I, you know, back in 2020, I was saying that when this thing started rolling out. If you look at what CDC was doing, and the fact that they were oh, had been and are still withholding the information that they have about the about the uh, vaccine about COVID, about the impact of masking, all of that, about the deaths and, and the, the statistics on who had COVID versus who was dying from it, all of that information was withheld because it was not consistent with the bureaucratic narrative. It didn't serve to bolster Anthony Fauci's position and, and Walensky's position within, within CDC. The, the unbelievable arrogance to to not only fund gain-of-function research in a communist country, a, a communist dictatorship with an adversary that is, is you know, aimed at, at, or is focused on eliminating our existence as a functioning player in the international sphere, to do that and then to hide it from people and to disguise the fact that it, this likely was a leak from the lab, because it's going to damage your personal program over there. These these people these people need to be in jail, and and, and uh, you know removed immediately. And and what happened at CDC is not unusual. And I've I've seen it. You know I I saw it when I was practicing in in uh, Washington D.C. I saw it you see it in local things like local police departments you you saw it with the Flint Michigan water situation you see it in in all kinds of situations where the government comes in has its finger in the in the pie somewhere things start to go bad and and immediately you know the move on the part of these folks is not to protect their their Customers, the, the citizens of of the city, the county, the country, it's it's to protect themselves and to protect their bureaucratic well, that's interests. That's on one way to expand those bureaucratic interests.
4: I don't don't disagree with that at all. I, it, we're kind of talking about two slightly separate things, but it for those of you who have ever closed on a house lately, the idea yes. that you can't you can't bring a hundred bucks cash and and if, uh, you're off by a hundred bucks in the closing statement, just give the other guy a hundred bucks. Well, I mean, who, somehow that if, if you if you, if you walk in with $20,000 down payment, you have to get like affidavits from parents and everybody else that they didn't lend you the money. Wh- whose business is that, is that, Lou? I mean, who cares? Somebody, if, the, if I want to give my kid 20 grand, if I had a kid, well, what, what, why does anybody give a bleep about that? I mean, I...
2: Well, and of course, you see that. And and the problem, chief, is those are the rules for you and the rules for me. But if you're Hunter Biden, oh, uh, yeah. have you been following any of the stuff that's been coming out of the grand jury in New York uh, on Hunter Biden? No, oh no, my gosh! No, you no, want to no. dig into that?
4: No, but let me, because
2: if you have Hunter, Hunter Biden is under indictment for tax evasion, and they've been bringing in his ex girlfriends uh, to to testify about how much money he was spending about going down to the ATM the, with, a, with a charge card and withdrawing, you know, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand dollars a day for for expenses. So if you're hunter Biden, all those cash rules and cash transfer rules apparently don't apply to you. And 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 this is you know that that's what drives me nuts. I I will say this. One of the most interesting things I got from a federal judge that I that I knew when I was just starting out in law school. We were talking about you know the war on drugs and the fact that because I was a military attorney and this was something we were going to be dealing with in 1982, and and he said, "Let me tell you something." He said, "The the biggest impact of the war on drugs that we've been undertaking for the last you know twenty years." will be the absolute erosion of civil liberties and the, the tremendous intrusion of our of our law enforcement into every aspect of our financial lives.
4: Well, there's no doubt. And and the drug people they are still doing fine. <laughs> right?
2: Absolutely.
4: Uh yeah. but you know Lou if you uh you've done some consulting work and I you know I don't know if you've done for but I'm sure there's people listening to podcasts that have Done some consulting work for, say, smaller startup firms. And you may, in fact, have, uh, instead of getting paid early on, said, hey, look, I like your business. If you, you know, if we do anything like this, how about you just give me some shares of stock? And they might, might actually give you, have given you paper stock. Now, the, say the firm does well and all of a sudden it's trading five bucks a share or something. And you got a couple thousand shares and you say, well, now it's time for me to, you walk into, like, PTI Securities is a brokerage firm. Uh, you would think, if you were some dummy, that what brokerage firms do for people is buy and sell stock for them, right? Isn't that what a brokerage firm does? Like, duh. Well, we, we won't take it. Try and try and walk into Schwab with that. They won't take it. If you have an account of, like, a million dollars for five years, they might take it with some long story. They they are convinced that you are a money launderer. I don't know how they how they ever made it. I'm not saying that they're all wrong. There maybe. Somehow or another, people have found a way to launder money through through stock certificates. I, I you know what? I I don't know how they would, how they would do it, especially if the company is now listed and trading on an exchange, and somebody can give you the consulting contract. I Lou Michaels did this in lieu of a hundred thousand dollar payment. The guy gave me, you know, thirty thousand shares of stock that was trading for you know a thousandth of a cent at the time. I, I, why why can't I believe that, Lou? Well, I can't I can't I can't sell that for you. You're you're going to go like 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 the, like like one of the homeless people from firm to firm, trying to find somebody to sell it, and you're not going to find anybody because now you are you are considered to be a money launderer. Where, where does that come from? And and how does how does the government force me to tell you that? I mean, that's not my job. My job is to sell stock for people, and I don't I don't assume. Why, why am I supposed to assume guilt if every time somebody walked in to buy a McDonald's, thinking you flipped the guy ten bucks, which is now ten bucks. For him to say, "Man, I don't know. where all You got that ten bucks? How do I know it, you didn't it, steal?" It? You know, I mean, what?
2: So, so it's it's interesting. It's an interesting aspect of our of our regulatory state that this is a that these are requirements. There was a big push under the Obama administration to um, require firms to basically rat themselves out. If you were going to get a government contract, or if you were going to bid on on some kind of work, or if you were A company that found itself doing government subcontract work the obama people wanted you to send them a declaration detailing every possible violation of federal labor and employment law and and every violation of um workplace safety law every violation of potential securities laws that you could identify and i mean at some point point somebody woke up and said that's a fifth amendment violation you've got a right against self-incrimination but and the government can't make it a condition of business that you have to violate that right in order to do business with it but but the push in these agencies is to is to force that kind of that kind of disclosure to force you to become you know to, to do your public confession so that they don't have
5: to do the work
4: well, they also the the stuff that the government can't do, like the Trudeau, like the illegal search and seizure and stuff. They're essentially driving down the chain into the four and five businesses. I mean, there's only a few Canadian banks. So if, if Trudeau is going to tell those people, you got to you got to go out there and if you see somebody in the street, you got to freeze their account. I mean, they're not going to say no. I mean, it's not like there's no you know a hundred right. banks like there are in Illinois where somebody might say up yours. Uh, you know, it's not going to happen. I mean, there's only, there's only a few, and your your nose is firmly up the behind of that government up there, so if you're a Royal Bank well, of Canada, and, or you're, and they
5: did,
2: and they don't have they don't have legal recourse. They don't have a court system because they're not they're not a federalist system, and a constitutional system. They don't have a recourse to to a, a Supreme Court that might come down and say, yeah, I understand that you want to do this, Mister Trudeau, but you're a jackass and a fop, and we're not going to let you. We're not going to let you get away with it.
5: It's
2: it? not.
4: Where's That's my not an option there? Where's my legal recourse if I want to sell your two thousand shares of a legitimate stock? I don't, I don't have any new to you.
2: Uh, probably, probably not. Although I don't, uh, I, I maybe some creative attorney could come up with a with a basis for it. But but regardless, yeah, that those are those are the issues.
4: But I don't. I don't I mean. I don't understand how. I mean, I've a lot of things. I don't understand. but I don't understand how if the SEC wants to do that for God's sake, have the balls to put in SEC declares all paper stock certificates null and void. You take the backlash. Don't force it on me.
2: Well, that's, that's, that's the genius of the regulatory system we've got, is that it co-ops. You know, as you, as you so aptly noted, this is beyond the government's capacity. So what we're going to do is we're going to force the private sector to do it. Even more frightening is a significant portion of the private sector will willingly do that, Chief.
4: Oh, sure. Well, I mean... They,
2: you know, will, they you, will happily do you it. Mean you, they will happily suppress speech. They will happily suppress transactions. Yes.
4: Well, you, you articulately put together the, the situation over in Ukraine. And I'm going be, to bet somewhere, whatever Putin's plan is, the, the deal is, the Ukrainians will say, let, let us alone. We'll be under your thumb to some extent. It's just like here in Chicago, when they let the bars go and restaurants reopen they could have they could have said you know you, you give a you know face mask anal swab test they could have said anything and just just to open the front door people would agreed with it would have agreed with it because it was better than what they had I mean if you put put people in an awful corner, they'll agree to anything I mean well you, yeah. And I think that's probably somewhere, we don't know the extent of what he's looking for from these people, but I suspect somewhere along the line, he wants them to genuflect to him. Right? Personally? Yeah, he and, wa- yes, he wants he wants
2: Ukraine back under Russian
4: control. Under his control.
2: Yeah, or whoever whoever but he equates,
4: succeeds him, yes. But he equates the two. He is Russian. Yeah, his oh, yes,
2: absolutely. Russian national interest. Yeah, this is... This is very, you know, this is very reminiscent of, you know, 1935, 1936, 1937. You know, they had an onshulus. The Russians have, have executed an onshulis in Belarus. Uh, this will be, you know, Ukraine is just another version of the Sudetenland, you know, if you don't know that history.
4: yeah. So, yeah,
2: this is, this is, he's playing, he's playing according to a playbook that got laid down a while back.
4: I, I'm actually surprised. I, I got myself convinced that he did the Crimea... And ten years later, unless you live there, nobody gives a crap, basically. I mean, you can if you were to ask somebody 25 years older, they wouldn't be able to tell you where the Crimea is. Uh, and I thought he was going to do the same thing with two more Providence, provinces, and then ten years from now, the provinces next to those two will be Russian people speaking, and, and they'll make the case that they're going to want to be in Russia, and they'll move a little further. I thought this was going to be a gradual thing, but is he getting older or something? He's got to do it all at once? I, I, let me give
2: you a, a, a thought here. I think he looks at this right now as a situation where NATO is about as weak as it's going to get, and that that there's a recognition on the part of at least the American defense establishment, if not the American military leadership, that we've got to improve our operations. He's got about as much military superiority or military capability vis-a-vis us as he's going to have. And and this is the time to make this move. I think I think that's part of the calculation because we are in the process of rearming. And we are in the process of introducing weapons that, that are gonna are gonna create real problems for, for Russia. Um so are the Chinese for that matter. I think he looks at this as an opportunity. The United States is weak. We have a we have a, a president with incipient dementia. He is his advisors are all ideologues focused almost exclusively on domestic policy. They don't care about foreign policy. So so the, the reaction here for him is is although it'll be it'll be significant in terms of potential finances, he's betting that given the, the we've turned off our oil production, he, he's betting that the world cannot run without Russian oil and and so whatever Ultimate ramifications of this for him—they're not going to be as significant as they would be a year from now.
4: Well, if you talk to him, you might want to mention he could—he should pull that buffoon ambassador of his off national TV. God, what an embarrassment that guy is looking down at his play cards every time he says something.
2: Oh yeah, well that was at that National Security Council meeting. By the way, that's unprecedented for them to televise that. On the other hand, look at who we sent to Ukraine. To give incoherent statements about well, this is what's going on, I swear to God every time the vice president is asked a question, oh. her answer sounds like she's giving a book report on a book she hasn't read
4: it's uh, the prep- the lack of preparation, even what a little bit I see is startling
2: i don't i don't know if it's i don't know if it's lack of prep anymore i I just think it's you know she was selected based on her her gender and her race. And she's, she's just
4: not competent. Yeah, except there's all kinds of very competent black ladies around. I don't know. Why did we end up with this one?
2: I don't know. They could have they picked, you know, of course she wasn't going to do this because she's a personality force of her own. I think they were not just looking for someone who was, at, well, strike that. I don't know why she was selected, Chief. She insulted Joe Biden big time, and yeah. in fact... The, the, the stories coming out of the white House are that Jill Biden, who, who's capable of putting coherent thoughts together still, hates her because of what she said about her husband. I and and, and he, you know, is, is vehemently opposed to having her selected. I don't know why they picked her as vice president. But, I know. A, she is a disaster every time she gets up on a public forum and opens her mouth.
4: Without being any... we got to dash here. Without being sexist at all, I know several powerful men... That have been, so we say, wronged by people and and some type of law enforcement. And I could d- delay names. And as time went by, the guys, you know, let bygones be bygones. Their wives never did.
2: Oh no! And and I, again, I just that just militates in favor of not of not picking her. I don't know why. You are absolutely correct. There are a gazillion competent people, political people, that he could have put in there that were minorities, female. That that I would have looked around and said, jeez, this is terrific. Well, you know, Smart move. Yeah. He specifically did not do that. He went for the, the weakest link of all those presidential candidates. She did not get a single delegate. She's, she, she couldn't run elections. She was unlikable. She got to a position in California by means unrelated to legal talent or political acumen.
4: That's being very politically and, correct, by the way.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I've already stuck my foot in my mouth Five times All right, uh, time. didn't want a, to get it any further
4: well we, we got a dash, buddy uh, Take care of yourself SB Futures down 105 NASDAQ Futures down 428 Be right back, Mr. Dan Janinas And Mr. Alan Trash
1: Hear ye hear ye the homer broadcasting system is on the air stocks
7: jocks Darks and
1: stocks
5: and jocks you are out of control right here right now right here right now right Welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm
4: Belliani on the board. We have Alan Chirac here in the studio with us. And I assume we have Mister Dan Janitas who's gonna he's gonna straighten us all out for us. Lou gave us the whole story on what's going on in the world. Not so sure. Okay. That was, not so sure that was uh, such a good story there. Uh, just remember, we had a uh, we had a. Uh, a, a, a do you uh, Dan? Do you subscribe with this? And although my my eyes were open, they might have just as well been closed. Um. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> you know i i um I, I definitely think we have to i didn't hear Lou um earlier but i do uh think that we're you know i mean i came i was thinking that today we'd be talking more about the fed but i think the uh situation in the ukraine is kind of exasper, exacerbating our need you know the fed's need to uh raise rates and um we're gonna be seeing um you know, we're already seeing uh oil uh Brent is up at at over over hundred and four today yep. Um, we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, a lot more volatility in the market. Obviously, we've seen volatility already. We, you know, we've seen a lot of volatility both in in interest rates, but you know, obviously in the equity markets. And you know, all of a sudden now we have a bombing in the Ukraine. So I don't know if you shut your eyes to this or not. I, I think you have to stay. I have to. I, I think you have to stay aware of what's going on. Um, I don't know how long term the impact you know, whether this is a short term or long term impact on the markets, but remember we're already in a um, volatile uh you know we're already in a very volatile period based on what we're waiting for, you know, in terms of the Fed and um, kind of hoping that, you know, inflation is gonna get into control at some point, but it isn't. So um, I guess the way uh you know the way we invest is the way we always invest and this is a good environment for our strategy it has been I mean we actually had you know year to date we are flat to up 1% um, which doesn't sound great but when you compare it to the equity markets it's you know and, and the fixed markets it's actually pretty good one thing that we've seen if we want to first talk about bonds we've seen a flight to quality so that's why right, rates have come down and the flight to quality has been exaggerated um, with the actual I think you know, some of the circumstances um, that are going on um, in the Ukraine. But in terms of ideas that work well in this environment, um, you know, we had, we've we talked on and on about REITs. We talked about uh, global self-storage in particular. That stock was up more than 3% yesterday. Um, it's been a real steady eddy here, paying a 6.5% um, dividend. Uh, this is a company that isn't, you know, it's not necessarily immune from from you know everything going on in the world, but I'd say that they are, um, you know, not dealing with the labor shortages or the supply chain issues. They're well managed company. They're relatively small, and sometimes these small names um, perform very well in environments like this because they're not highly correlated with the market. Another name that I've been saying um, that I still like, and it's still one of my favorites, is Thunderbird stock has come down, but it was up 2% yesterday. Another name, again, same circumstances, a media company, uh, ticker symbol THBRF. Um, this company is, um, they're, again, not uh, being affected by uh, labor shortage. They um, have done a terrific job in retaining their people, not being affected by supply chain, and not really necessarily being affected by what's going on um, in a geopolitical world. So... So there are ways to invest in this environment there are names to hold on to in this environment it's not a time to, to sell across the board it's a time to you know I think to start adding um, and generally when the bad news is out is when um, as you know we have some of the best opportunities one other area that I that um, that's kind of gotten somewhat overlooked but I've consistently mentioned it because it's my background is high yield and high yield in general I think is looking more and more attractive. Um, I've always said that high yield managers, not because I I started out as one, but I've always said that they have the advantage of being, you know, sort of understanding both the equity markets and the and the fixed income and, and the, um, in the and uh, the stock markets because we have to do the research on the companies, but we also have to understand um, interest rates and and potential um, interest rate risk. Well, high yield, the spreads have widened out to 360. And we talked before, when we were talking before, the spreads were at around 280. And what that means is you're getting 3.6% more than the comparable U.S. Treasury. Well, if you're buying a two-year, you know, it's trading at one and a half, uh, you get another three and a half on top of that. That's giving you 5%. Um, So for a short-term bond, you, you can get a pretty good yield one of the things about high yield also that makes it uniquely attractive now is the large percentage of energy companies that are in the high yield universe you know relative to uh, there's a much higher percentage of energy companies in uh, amongst you know in high yield as there as opposed to um you know say in the S&P and i'm talking about percentage wise you have a larger allocation uh these companies have their balance sheets are looking a lot stronger than they were um you know, a decade and a half ago, when we were we had some concerns about um, you know the the high yield in general. Um, today, we don't really have those concerns. We don't have concerns about defaults. So, high yield is attractive in here. You know, we have talked about HYZD. Um, that's the it's a high yield index that has a zero duration. It basically um, uh, hedges out the interest rate risk. So there, there are opportunities here. There are definitely names to hold on to to stay, stay in. Um, a couple other names we talked about are floating rate note funds like uh, V R I G um, and F L R N. Those are two ETFs that invest in short term floating rate. That means they participate when interest rates go up, and those have held in nicely um, in, in this environment and i'm gonna give you one specific name today um which i think um kind of sums up what what i'm talking about in terms of high yield and it's a name i've mentioned before it's a company called Amtrust, Amtrust financial and their um ticker symbol is a f s i
4: it's a sm is in sissy sissy a f a f s i yes oh no so a a. a Frank-Susan,
0: a, right. A. Frank-Susan Igloo. Okay. And uh, six, six and one-eighths of August 15th, 23. So here is a bond that is has a one-and-a-half-year um, maturity, has a duration that's shorter than that, and it's probably closer to a year, a little over a year, um, and has... Uh, you know, at par, it's around, you're going to get around 6%. It's trading around par a little higher. Um, you, know, you can buy it at a slight premium, and you're to, you can lock in, you know, a nice 6% for the next year and a half. Um, and that's uh, an example of, you know, where you're getting the extra yield and high yield, um, you know, high yield bonds. And this is not a name that's going to be, where you're going to see a lot of volatility um, based on what's going on in the, um, in the world right now, in the geopolitical world. So those are a couple names, and I I think we have to remember in in an environment like this that we have to still continue to move forward. Definitely not a time to sell. Um, If you're in, you know, if you're in the equities, I think um, that have been hurt, you you might be looking for an entry point. If there are certain names that are or certain sectors, you know, we we've talked about the um, infrastructure. I don't think infrastructure is going away. Um, I think in the very short term we're having some issues um, with supply chain, but. I think infrastructure, a lot of money was put into that, and it still hasn't been spent. It's still sitting there waiting to be spent. Um, And, you know, as we said before, if we had this meeting before, um, you know, last week, I would have, I mean, you know, at the end of last week, I would have still said the same thing I was saying last Thursday. People got to get back to work. We need to get people back to work in order to help uh, with the supply chain issues and, uh, more importantly, with inflation.
4: Well, Dan, what's uh? I, I think, uh, by the way, I agree with you about everything you said there. I, I don't know how uh, it seems like the... I mean, you're having, I think, probably better conversations with some people than, than I am, uh, and Alan knows what I'm talking about. Um, you, you have people that... Uh, I think the hardest thing for me to do, because I... As you know, I have a pr- protective program, and I'm always looking for people in the best of times to have some some sense of protection, especially... If you're if you're older and you have, uh, you know, maybe you're not working, but your your nest egg is now pretty much that's it. I mean, I, if you're 25 and you got five thousand dollars in a, in a, in a uh, mutual fund and you're putting in a hundred dollars a week, I'm not going to tell you to be protected. You don't need it. Right. I, mean, I don't believe absolutely. But, it, but the hard, the hardest thing in the world for me, the hardest conversation to have, yeah. is if somebody's got. Amazon at like thirty four hundred and, and he and he won't listen to you or he or she won't listen won't listen won't listen. Now it's all all of a sudden it's twenty seven hundred and the and the cost of insurance is to the moon and, the, and they say yeah. what do I do now and you sit there and go, okay the the fire is coming over to friggin' hill you would you yeah. would you wouldn't you you wouldn't listen to me when insurance was cheap and now you're asking me do you want to pony up like half the price of your house to insure the place. I, I don't know the answer to that question, I honestly don't. It, it's why I try and avoid it like the plague by buying it when you're supposed to buy it
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely and i and i i absolutely understand i've heard I've heard the same thing from from a number of people about you know who have wanted to uh make small investments in um you know some say some chinese stocks and some small cap chinese stocks and i will I usually say that that just isn't my thing I mean that's about as far away from my my thing as you get. And the risks of investing in China, like a China-based company right now, are very high. We're a research-driven firm, so we want to be able to have access to management. We want to be able to have access to information. And that has always been the biggest challenge with with, uh, Chinese investment in in China. Uh, There has been upside, and if if you know that market, you can make money in it, but the entry point you know, you have to be very um, careful in the entry point. You have to be very careful about staying on top of um, you getting information the best way you can. And um, we don't like investing in uh, unless we have good access with management. You know, we can have conversations with management. We can get uh, information. So there's, I understand that, and I totally agree with you. I sympathize with that. That's a that's a tough place to be. Um, you know, again, we're. Our focus has always been on yield and how to get yield in, in um, environments. Preservation of capital is extremely important. One thing that we've both done that I think is good, and I know we've talked about this before. You know, staying in gold and silver, as you know, kind of keeping it as a hedge, but just having it there as sort of a safety as part of your portfolio is 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 good, and it's really worked out for us the last you know in, in the recent period. So. Um, that those are investments that I would consider steady eddies as well. And it's important to keep them as part of your portfolio. You know, we had, we've talked in the past about how there's periods of time where they don't look as attractive. Everything else in Nasdaq is running up and you've got gold and silver just sitting there. Well now gold and silver are doing their thing. So that's the reason you have them in your portfolio. So they're they're um you know that this is the time to really sort of, you know, like really evaluate where you are and evaluate where your goals are and and really uh, rely on people like us who are um, experienced and have seen the ups and downs in the market over you know many decades. So we're um, you know the the uncertainty that we're seeing in the market creates opportunities, um, and it, but it also maybe gives you an opportunity to consider you know if you're close to retirement, um, making sure that you're in the right place, but Dan sort of following the herd.
4: To be fair to the Rest of the people on earth that have been around in this as long as it's been a solid even more than 12 years before we've yeah. seen a a sustained, you know, a, a decade from now, the market will be below where it is now. It, it's happened twice in my lifetime, but it's been a long time, you know. Right. And then, uh, I, but uh, first of all, I'm not going to let you, you, uh, because you're, you're, you're way too, even though you, you downplay it, you're way too up on, these international events and what can happen for me to let you weasel out into just some good investments. What, <laughs> what, when, well, now the things that are on the table, uh, nobody seems to know, like Lewis saying he couldn't really figure out what the, the extent of the invasion is, whether it's just knocking out stuff that could hurt the Russians or whatever, uh, says it doesn't really look like a massive, we're gonna take the place over and hold it for a hundred years type thing, at least yet. Uh, now we're talking about, a couple of sanctions on Russian banks. Okay, so we also have the Germans in their infinite wisdom closed closed down their coal fired plants and their nukes. So now we're very dependent. French not so much. They still got a bunch of nukes. Uh so they've got the DAX down five percent today. Now if you if you and we're talking about payments mechanisms but but we're still it's not like people are saying we're not gonna buy any of your stinking gas anymore no, we're going to keep buying it, but now the way maybe we won't pay you. I don't know if that's going to fly. I mean, there's all there's there's things that are happening now. I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Last night when um, the market closed, I figured it's a bad day. Maybe better tomorrow. Clearly, that's <laughs> not happening. I mean, it, there, there's an there's an arrow I missed, right? And it, and it it got through to the strong box, shall we say? Now today, yeah. in what in what's today's arrow? Is, is is some idiot going to close some Russian bank just when? They owe some U.S. bank a bunch of money, and they're not going to get paid. I mean, I, once this starts to happen, it's almost impossible to try and figure out where the next arrow's coming from, I, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with you, and, and I think to put it in context that, you know, the Russian economy is very small. I mean, it's the size of, of you know, a European country like, say, Italy or France, it's not, and, and in terms of our trade, you know, with Russia, it's it's minimal compared to our trade with China and um, with Europe, so it's uh, you know in terms of uh, you know we're kind of still the strong power there now where we you know probably need to make more focus you know and maybe it's a reminder to a lot of people um, that we need to continue to put money into our own um, energy uh, you know kind of getting our own energy you know continue to become independent but also just continue to build out what we have here and that doesn't mean that you you know, you can't find, uh, you know, like some of these gas companies that they can't continue to work at reducing emissions. I mean, the people who are, you know, pro-climate don't understand that you can have, you know, we have to continue to run. We still need cars. We still need heat- heating fuel for our homes. Um, electricity still is, you know, some of the power generation from electricity is still coming from, from um, you know, either gas or oil or, so, or, or, I mean,
5: some, like, over I think
0: there has to be a better understanding of, of really, um, you know, not going too far. I think uh, our, our administration, you know, made realize that, that we need to focus more on the U.S. Um, economy. We need to focus more on be, being independent. Um, the whole thing that happened, if we go back to, again, two years ago, when COVID hit, and everyone's focused on COVID, but what was going on in the background, which I kept telling my clients and kept... Mentioning is that price war between the Saudis and the Russians, which which I think is was a at least from an economic point of view was a a, at least as important in terms of how it impacted the globe and oil prices. um, You know, we've seen that huge shift in oil prices over the year. But going back to your question, um, yes, Germany has is certainly more dependent. There's going to be some issues. You know, how much can we do um, to kind of you know in terms of sanctions to To kind of keep things under control, I think that the the, some of the other side issues that have come out of this could even be more important. Some of the potential cyber attacks, which I know a lot of companies, a lot of CEOs I've talked to, and especially in financial services, have been concerned about. um, Those are things that are. I think this the environment we're in um, over you know in, in, in the Ukraine and what's going on there now those sort of come to the the surface um but i do agree with you and i think what you're trying to say is yeah it's not you know the the situation isn't going to shouldn't have that dire impact on our economy just because we are still you know we are still a, a strong power in the world um but because we are a global world because we you know we do interact a lot with uh europe what goes on in germany and france and italy is important and um you know, to a lesser extent, Russia, but I don't think we're going to be impacted, you know, from a trade point of view or, um, you know, I don't think we have to worry about as much about that. I, I do agree, um, I didn't hear anything again with your prior guest, but I do agree that, um, uh, you know, I'm not sure Putin is really going to pay, you know, he's got his mind made up and is kind of barreling forward with what, what he's going to do. And I think the way, um, the U.S. has to, Handle this is to really focus on our economy and what's best for for, for uh, the U.S. economy. At well, point, Dan, you not really be worrying too much about what's going you, on
4: uh, um, in the rest of the world. You the reason why I, I love asking these questions is because I mean you zero in on people that are in a lot of these different industries, and you've got some in the oil industry and so forth. When the prices of oil were dropping, okay, and everybody's worried about oversupply, and there's tankers all over the damn place anchored, loaded with, with oil, and. Uh, the guys at IB forced the price below zero one day, and the, and the futures right and, and lost a lot of money. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty much disaster to the downside, right?
5: Well, oh, e- e- yeah. but
4: every every day you'd hear uh Alan, who's the big guy on, on CNBC, uh, Sully, what the hell's his name? Uh, Brian Solomon. Brian Solomon. He, uh, yeah. uh, he every day or every couple of days he'd have the rig report. We're down from nine hundred to eight ninety five, and you know that kind of crap. I. And uh you know you look at the supply chain issues i for a real long time man i've been talking about if you put together just a collage where is it name from college that i've never haven't done since uh, if you put together a collage of all the problems that I was seeing in uh, people with student loan debt couldn't be entrepreneurs they got to go work for somebody because they because they because they got you know they owe they owe the man right uh people Perfect. you know people uh that don't have never really had an entrepreneurial thing in their, you know they just don't have the bone the, 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 the hunger that other people do there's uh, the fact that you know if, if you want to be an entrepreneur you're borrowing on your credit card at 25% while your competitor is borrowing at three there's there's like you could list 10 like little reasons why america in the terms of responding to things quickly uh, don't is is not responding quickly enough i mean i, mean, and I don't I, mean, I don't know who to point the blame to but 'Cause there's it's never one thing, it's a whole bunch of things. And now I mean what I'm asking you is right now these oil prices are shooting up. I don't see a corresponding well we had we're down to five hundred rigs, but now this week we got five forty and next yeah. week we got it right. I mean, yeah, yeah, now that it's going up we're not hearing I'm, about it. I, now I, agree, is, I totally agree. Yeah. Is this is it a question of financing? Is it of permits? Is it of uh lack of uh Transportation to get the oil from where the hell you're digging it out to, to where yeah. you're. I mean, or is it all of the above? Is it none of the above? I mean, what's the problem? I mean, why are we worried about the shortage of t-shirts? It's easy to make t-shirts, for God's sake. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I, you make it, you're making a really good point. It's in, in a,
4: in a, uh, agree
0: with you. I've talked to, you know, the CEOs of the energy companies that i talked to say there are definitely supply chain issues. There are absolutely labor issues in terms of finding people for example, we had talked about Noble um, in the past, which is a drilling company. Uh, it, it's been hard, you know, the labor on the rigs, you know, is, is down um, considerably. So um, day rates have gone up, um, oil prices have gone up. All of that is very, very good for these companies, but it's just getting people back to work. And and I think if our if our government wants to do anything, my advice is to provide more incentives. To get people back to work because it's it's across the board as you're you know you're pointing out as well it's not just an energy but it's across the board but it's also hurting us you know yeah let's let's build up rebuild our capacity you know our capabilities here or let's focus more on our capabilities here but we need people to work and we need to provide incentives to get those people out there and that's I really believe it's labor that's been the the biggest um, crux in the in the supply chain ish, issue well in,
4: Dan. You know,
0: or uh, the main thing I'm hearing from from CEOs that that's that's stalling the process. I mean, even in even in a house, you know, if you look at what's going on, just in you know, day to day, our lives, you know, it's not just higher prices at the you know at the gas station, higher prices at the grocery store. It's trying to get in to see your mechanic. I mean, your your, yeah. your servicing done on your car because now they're down two guys. There's two mechanics, two less mechanics working there, and now it's a two month wait just to get a. And then imagine if you had problems that like you, you needed to take care of. So well, yeah. the, there has to be incentive to get people back to work. And I think it's it's um, it's affecting our entire economy, it's affecting the global economy as well. But I think you know, I think that would help a lot here if the incentives were um, well. The incentive,
4: the incentive. What our system says the incentive ought to be that when it's a wait to get in to see the mechanic, they're not doing you any favors if you are getting something fixed. I mean, you're they're charging you through the nose. Well, that should work Great. its way down to I'm going to pay the next mechanic even more because guess what I'm getting more. I mean that, that's the way our system works. We we don't really we shouldn't need government in that mix. Well,
5: the government
0: it's not necessarily just government. It's companies that need to provide yeah. incentives to get people back. I got uh, it, it, It's the individual corporations or the true. small businesses that have to provide an incentive that well, that gets people back. You know they're losing decent people, and some people are just sitting on the sidelines still, and um, that they need, there have to be incentives that are coming from those companies to, to say, you know, uh, because those are the things. There's not really, I mean, there should be a unified approach in this, but like I said, it seems to be impacting, a, you know, pl- places across the board,
4: you yeah, know, if, whether uh, it be,
0: you know, healthcare or, you know, trying to get a oh, yeah. doctor or a dentist or whatever, you know, I, I think I called the other day the three-month wait for a new dentist, Um is. It, that kind of stuff is is um, you know the the people you know whether it comes from the government or whether it comes from the individual companies it needs to be there.
4: Yeah, and one fa- really one final thing. question. We got a dish, but uh, if how bad, how bad, or if at all, I mean, and Alan, you may have a better view of this because Alan's younger than us. If you were to take a view of of snapshot of all the people, and I don't even know the schools that do this, uh, that have uh, petroleum engineering majors and. Uh, I guess probably you know uh, hydraulic engineering majors and those kinds of things. I mean, if you have all that stuff, do you think there's a le- there's less people in those classes than there were ten years ago?
5: Oh, one hundred.
4: You mean you think that uh, that we're we're down people even even in the college ranks? Oh, we don't have Dan. Well, I guess oh, no.
0: I'm here. Oh, no, yeah. I wasn't sure if you were asking. Um Alan or not i uh i don't think i i think there are just as many people it's it's the same you know i think some of it is uh, uh you know if, if you look even at the i mean that's a, that's a that's a good example i don't think there's necessarily fewer people um but I think there are um it's harder to fill you know there you know our economy has expanded um quite a bit so if you have the same number of students that's okay. you know you have more jobs to fill as time goes on i mean think about Uh, criminal justice as well right and you have to look at incentives to kind of get people back and you know that have that as a, you know, and it's for a different reason. But there has to be there have to be incentives to get more people
4: in the class. All right, Dan, so. we got a dash, buddy. Fight your way through this as best you can. We'll talk. We'll talk next week. SP Futures <laughs> you you know. down one fifteen. Right. Nasdaq futures down four sixty three. Be right back. Stocks and
7: jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smart than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on Controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities; they play the probabilities. Luckbox is seven ninety nine on newsstands, but you can subscribe for ten free digital issues at luckboxmagazine slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine slash jocks.
4: Hello, this is Tom how the chief. We have talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It has been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I am sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. Stocks
7: Jocks and Stocks
3: and
5: Jocks
4: You are out of control Right here Right now Right here Right now Right now Low enough and I am and Shorach In the In the uh, studio I think we have Mr. Jan Flanagan with us We have Eliani on the board Eliani you, You're like a one-armed Paper hanger over there There all these people Coming in and out We're trying hasn't anybody Sat in here since COVID Now we're, we're trying to Figure out the mics work uh, it's a, it's a fun day, isn't it, Eliani? For you over there, just just saying. Um, SP futures down one eleven. That's not a fun day. And NZ futures down four thirty seven. And we've got I mean we've we've got decimation really all over the world. We're we're not anywhere near the, the 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 bad part here. We got Dow futures are down eight fifty six. That's right, eight fifty six. But check out these numbers in Europe if you want a really a, a bleep storm. DAX down seven seventy. That's five point three percent. These guys are hooked up into the and They're rushing gas and oil more than more than anybody, but and they're showing it on their markets. Puts you down two forty one. That's three only three percent. Kicking around down three fourteen. Kind of in the middle four point six percent. Over in Asia, Nikkei down four seventy eight. That's one point eight percent. Shanghai down sixty one point seven. But here's the bad one there. Hang Seng down seven fifty eight. Three uh, point two percent. You know, whack whack. This is on top of yesterday. Dow down 464, S&P down 79, NASDAQ down 344, so that would be pushing, uh, what, 4 or 5% in one day on the, uh, S&P. That, that, that's like a real lot. I mean, I don't know when I've seen that other than the crash in 87, for God's sake. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that's gonna happen. 10 year, get a little down 11 basis points to 1.86 as people are flying towards bonds here. The Bund minus, uh, 8 uh, basis points down to .14. Japan uh, almost unchanged at point one eight. Uh, oil here's the bugaboo. Oil up seven forty three. This is West Texas ninety nine fifty three. Now when I said I didn't think we were going to make it to a hundred, I guess I'm wrong. Uh, of course, if you'd have told me there'd be a war, I might have uh, I might have uh, couched that prediction a little bit. Uh, Brent up eight eight bucks one hundred four ninety four. Natural gas up twenty four cents. That's eight four eighty seven. Arab up seventeen cents two eighty nine. I guess I should have filled up last week. Uh, gold up $57, 1968. Silver up 86 cents, 2541. I got a lot, of, a lot of happy clients this morning on those. Uh, copper up 4 cents, 452. Last but not least, whack whack on the Bitcoin, down 2100 bucks, 35,525. Ellie that's a long story I just had. How's, how long is yours, Traffic Weather Sports?
3: So. We have traffic westbound on uh, traffic westbound on 94 between 130th and West North Avenue traffic northbound 55 between the I-20 connector and South Damon traffic northbound on Lakeshore between 31st and East Grand and Traffic southbound on Lakeshore between East Monroe and East 18th Street, that's all I have for you, Chief.
4: This over in Ukraine, would you be, like, saying if the traffic was tanks or cars?
3: God only knows. <laughs>
4: <laughs> See, now, I, I think this, this would be a perfect job for you, up in the helicopter in the morning. Are you a helicopter girl?
3: I'm um, really not, no.
4: <laughs> One of the guys who used to work here at PTI, his, uh, his uh, well, then girlfriend, now wife, uh, she was a helicopter girl for a while.
3: Oh,
5: yeah?
4: Yeah, every morning she'd be up there buzzing around. Anyway, Quick, we have Mr. Flanagan?
5: Yes, you do, Tom.
4: Well, Jan, you've what listened to everybody. We've got Alan here in the studio. What do, you, what do you make of all this, bud?
5: Where do you start, Tom? I don't I think I'll just go back to bed and you know, turn <laughs> off the alarm clock,
4: too. So. I'm watching Audrey's little dog, and when I left this morning, I just pitched her back up on the bed. And she looked at me and said, that's a good idea. It's probably not a bad. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Man, I, I just, you know, well, I mean, in some ways, this is, you have. Know, it not that surprising, because this is clearly something that has been in the pipeline for a while, and I would say, you know, the U.S. strategy is pretty bizarre to me. It looks like we've done everything possible to make this happen. So I just, I'm not, I can't say I'm completely shocked by all of this. I've been extremely saddened and disappointed by it, and I think that the, the fallout from it financially and politically is huge, but, um, It didn't have to happen, and and yet, of course, it probably did have to happen, given, you know, the way the powers have lined up here.
4: What, uh... Whenever you try and look for reasons on this stuff, um, there's all kinds of them. I mean, is it... You know, you look at our situation, I mean, uh, even though Dan was talking about, and, uh, you know, most people would say our economy is is in pretty good shape, and I'd have to say, of course, you can always argue, that's what you do on the air, right? But, uh... You could say how how good a shape are we for not even covering sixty percent of our expenses from the federal level. I mean, I mean that's it's not exactly a, a position of strength. I mean we're not. I mean, we, uh, I'm not saying that would stop us tomorrow from doing anything militarily or anything like that. But it's, the fact is, we're not exactly hitting on all cylinders here. Uh, part of it's COVID related, but a lot of it we, we did to ourselves before COVID. Now the Russians have allowed. Germany and other places to become, you know, fairly uh, involved with them in terms of energy production. Now, should that mean that you get to you get to go uh, invade another place? I'm thinking no. Um, there's been some entreaties into Ukraine, but Putin sees it as Russia's being him, a Soviet Union, and he wants Soviet Union sort of back. Now I don't know what his end game is in there. He doesn't have any money either, so I mean I don't. I'm just kind of curious. I mean, I, I don't know where anybody. Whenever I don't know and I can't predict stuff, it makes me very nervous. That, that's kind of where I am.
5: I was concerned about w- what was going on in Ukraine for some time, Tom. And, I, I, and you could see it playing out in the outsized role that Ukraine had in presidential politics. their you know, the, the, the prominence in the impeachment debacles, and you know, the the whole you know investigation of those and the prominence of well-placed people from ukraine being front and center and, and aligning themselves with you know the democrats and that and the biden families you know cd participation in you know ukrainian businesses to me it, it's it really gave the impression that we were trying to run in ukraine as a client state of some kind in opposition to russia right on its border And this is Putin's way of saying that it ain't going to happen. And, of course, you know, the drive to get it under the NATO umbrella um, is now, looks like that's a, you know, a dead deal, as it should always have been, really. There was no reason to do that. But I think we did everything possible to antagonize a bad situation and aligned ourselves with some pretty corrupt and, and shady people. So we can't be too surprised that this is
4: what we're reaping now. What, what, what did we think was going to happen? Well, John, how do we... I, I don't... I mean, obviously, our guys are uh... not obviously, but it, it seems to be that if you just you know, what, what they used to do over in uh... in Greece, they, they'd get the entrails of the birds and try and predict the future or something. Right. Uh, I'm not so sure that was so good of a... The omens it. are with us, or yeah, not yeah, with us. Yeah, they're, 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 they're with us today, they're not with us today. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, when you when you go back to this stuff, I don't... I mean, I, I, you know, I'll kind of start from the, be, you know, well, the beginning would be where Greece, uh, the stuff with Saddam Hussein. I mean, we're, I was in. Were, were we in? We weren't in college, but I was. Uh, no, we were. It was after that. Was so long ago, we were in college. Saddam Hussein probably wasn't born yet. But uh, I mean, I was, it was. I was trading in the OX pit in the, in the first Gulf War. Well, they started to do the deal where uh, Saddam Hussein he, he couldn't sell oil, right? we we embargoed his oil right? then we said okay for humanitarian purposes he could sell just enough for like you know bandages and penicillin and you know that kind of crap and I'm sitting there going how the, how the hell do you he ever enforce that well the story was he had to they, he would only sell oil at 12 bucks a barrel while the world price was 30 and I'm just a, a dumb trader in the OEX pit and I'm thinking wait a minute <laughs> Oh, a barrel of oil is a barrel of oil. Once what's, what's this thing leaves the port, it's going to be 30 someplace, right? It's uh, I mean, they're, 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 the, the economics of the world, I know enough about economics to know that it may be $12 at one spot, but now there's there's $18 here that's in play. That That's what studying economics, it doesn't, doesn't tell me who's going to get it, it doesn't tell me, all it tells me is there's going to be thumbs in the pie, and by the time... You and I buy it for our refinery and wherever the hell we are and over in Joliet or someplace, we're going to be paying 30 and not 12. I mean, that, that part, Alan, I mean, mean, that that part, I think if you have taken economics 101, you know, it's somewhere along the line, even if, even if Saddam actually accepts 12, which I doubt because he wasn't that stupid, um, between there and the refinery, Miraculously, it was going to be 30 and then somebody's getting, or somebody's are getting the 18. I mean, am I right or wrong? Right, right, right. Uh, no, uh, so it turns right. out that his, his kids, of course, were getting a lot of the dough in Swiss bank accounts. And there were, of course, a few guys from here that long before we invaded the place were part of this is how you do this. And oh, by the way, here's my consulting fee. Mm. <laughs> you, know, you know, that kind of crap. I mean, it, it never changes. So clearly this Ukrainian guy, the guy with the huge palace was a pretty corrupt dude, and Hunter Biden figures it out. Okay, and so did Flynn, and so all the other guys that helped Trump. So there's, there's a there's a stream of probably 50 nefarious creatures that are these kind of worldwide, whatever the hell they are, not citizens of any place or anything. They just kind of wander from place to place and have their. I mean, whatever one of the Saudi guys walks walks out of a meeting, there's an entourage. He looks like Muhammad Ali for God's sake, right? There's 15 idiots behind him. I'm going to bet four of them are always American. From both sides, both sides of the of the aisle in Congress. I mean, we our guys are pretty good at following the money, like you said, Jen. And, and and all of a sudden, there's this corrupt thing over there. That Putin probably figures they're even more corrupt than we are. <laughs> we we should probably take these guys back. I mean, I don't know what he's thinking, uh, but I mean, and now here we are. You're right. All this stuff continues to play out over over time, and it's almost like a like you see a crash. You know, about to happen, and you can't stop it, right? I mean, it seems to have a momentum to it that you're talking about. Am I right?
5: And and long-term consequences. Look at Cuba as an example, Tom. I mean, yeah. it, 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 there, there's no surprise to, to me that Cuba wasn't primed for teetering into the Soviet sphere when that happened, because we have been running the thing like a casino, you know, since the Spanish-American War and probably before that, too. Um, it was all about money and crooked money, and you know, th- taking what we wanted from it and expecting it to, to always be there. And uh, you know, we were com- completely ill-equipped to deal with. Okay, but when you say when you say we, as we
4: say in the trading floor, what do you got? A mouse in your pocket? Uh, <laughs> when you say we, you and I, Alan, we never got any of that dough. No, we, no, no. I mean, it wasn't like so. You had you had you know U- U.S. Uh, Sugar, whatever the hell they were, you had uh, the, the mob. the you know, had yeah.
5: but you had benefited from it. Not you and yeah. you, so and you had probably
4: sure. twenty-five creatures that were at the top of the food chain that benefited by having the Cubans essentially in some semblance of slavery
5: and a, and a completely corrupt, you know, barely a government in, in our definition of the term. It's just one succession of disasters after another, yeah. all of whom we controlled and. Well, you know that was that could never have continued indefinitely, and of course we had no plan B for what would happen. You know, after that got exposed, and after the people got tired of it, and look, look what you know, this is—you know, sixty-plus years later, we're still dealing with the consequences of creating a problem we didn't have a solution for, and just kicked it down the the road and used other people for what we wanted to get from them. I have to say, it's kind of like that with Ukraine, too. I don't don't see it as much different. Um, And we we precipitated this kind of... um, We we had no way of defending them. Well, we say we... we. No matter what happened, we would have never really had any ability to get them into the NATO umbrella without bankrupting ourselves. And yet we were investing heavily in it. We were tied up in it so many levels some of them not so legal or honorable either but we you know we didn't care and eventually we knew we couldn't defend it we're we, couldn't trying to defend the, we We couldn't defy putin so what were we
4: trying to do well when you when you accuse us and by the way i, I i'm with you on that when you say, but the point is you know who exactly is the us and whose job it is to police uh i mean I don't know where's the, what's the country in Africa that, that we, we we buy uh is it, is it cola nuts from or some matter or somebody there's always there's always some place that we that we go to get something that they're the only people that have it whether it's a spice or whether it's something every one of those places is so corrupt we're all, we're, our, our companies are always paying off the dictator because how else can you get in the damn place I mean I I mean I'd love to see it all be different I don't know exactly what Ukraine was a pretty corrupt area now Lou was saying that the people who the guy who had the big palace, he you know he knows all these names. I don't. That all those people were kind of the, the Russian thug sort of dudes. They weren't. I mean, but our guys, as long as there's money there, we don't care. We weren't we any better. Yeah, we 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 do business with Attila to hunt. Right. With right. the point, but I'm saying when I say the, th- the thing is, it's it's not we. There are pr- people who probably could name the 200 people. Or to 500 people that got their finger in a pie everywhere. I mean, you and I know, if we ship money down to Nicaragua, all these people walking up through Mexico to try and get into the southern border. I mean, I know it's a, it's a big fight between the, you know, the left and the right about what to do with you know, all these refugees. Simple fact is, Dan, yeah, they're, they're, they're refugees from places that we're, we've been sending money to for a century. I mean, are, are our people following the money down there and making sure it never gets to where it's supposed to go?
5: Well, well those refugees from Haiti, they're not even contiguous to our yeah. border. And no, but I'm yet, saying, you guys, know, are, how much money have we... And who knows, who can even calculate how much money we've given to these places? Probably most of them, never with the intention of getting any kind of return, except for a very few select people who were overly you know, powerful in the decision-making for what we did and when we did it. Uh, those people made out fantastically, um, but you know, the average person in Haiti, forget it. You
4: know. I played, I play. I ability to play. Go. You know, one of our friends who's always connected to everybody. Right? Uh, not Doctor J, but another Doc. I said, you know, what I'd like to do, kind of. My, I have a client who wants would like to play uh, Olympia Fields. Sure enough, the next two days later, I'd be there two o'clock. You know, we I, we got out. You got you got to have guys, right, John? Uh, and we have guys. So I go down there, and in the fourth, the member is a guy who had been a Catholic priest overseas in, in and places, and uh, taught over there, taught economics. And uh, and he and he was, of course, after many, many cocktails, uh, he says, you know, United States is the nicest, the best place on earth to live here, but if you see we're antics overseas, all we are is a... Is a uh, defense and, and influence arm for big co- for big companies because evidently he tried to t- to teach uh, union uh, how do unions work in South Korea and the CIA showed up and told him not to do it <laughs> you know I mean I, I mean you're right I mean once we, 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 our government becomes but you and I don't want that Alan doesn't want that we don't we don't want that to be our our government if you know. And yet, it appears to be. We, we don't want Flynn. We don't want, uh, little Biden. We don't want those people screwing with everybody over in, in Nicaragua. We, well, these people, John, if, they, if they're going to walk a thousand miles through a country they don't even know to get out of a place, I'm going to say it's got to be pretty friggin' bad. I mean, and, 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 and we've been sending money to these joints for how, long, for how long? And it hasn't gotten any better? Well, somebody's getting that dough. Who's getting it?
5: Well, and I think it's worse than that, time because of the people who we are luring or, you know, facilitating travel to our borders are also here to make money for certain nefarious forces after they get here, whether it's in human tra- trafficking or drugs or arms smuggling, whatever. They're not just here to get on the gravy train of welfare or education or anything else. It's, it's about continuing to do some kind of work for the people who foot the bill to get them, to get them here. None of these people who are crossing the border from God knows where, have enough money in a bank account, nor do they probably even have bank accounts, that would enable them to travel. Somebody has paid their bill to, to get here, and they're still on the take for those people well. after they get here, too. And this is what nobody wants to talk about. And I, I, the, the fact that the, the Democrats pay so little attention tells me that the Democrats must be benefiting from it. Why else would you want to encourage you know, for the free passage of, of people and drugs and money and everything else and not care unless you need it to to bankroll your own scheme so to me it it just smacks of the the worst kind of infiltration where you've got a a party that seems to be unaware of of this horrendous mismanagement of our border and yet we're all up in arms now about Ukraine's border
4: what I'm saying is it it starts everywhere though it starts where do they come from why are they here and they, they really walked fifteen hundred miles. I mean, somebody must be pretty, pretty adamant they want. I mean, what's going on in their old country? Are we doing anything down there? Yeah, we're sending them like forty billion a year. Well, okay, <laughs> it doesn't seem to be working out. So I mean, we we, we need somehow Jan to, to to stop for a month, all the fighting, and say, okay, you two idiots on both sides of the aisle, take get two of your your best partners, senator or house. We're going to put you on this project. We're gonna we're gonna follow all the money that has gone to these five countries, and these five countries are yours. And by the way, now that you're here, you might as well do something. Why can't you people come back with a report? I, I'd give out assignments to, to say, look, you're, 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 in a, you're in a special committee for these five countries in Central America. How much money have we have given them in the last 20 years? How good is it done? What, what are we doing? Who's getting it? Who's stealing it? I mean, do we, do we even know? Do we even care?
5: Uh, somebody clearly cares because they want to keep it going this way. And in in the process, of course, they're demolishing our cities, they're turning them into havens for drug addictions and overdosing and stupid policy all the way around, but it it is part of fueling this pipeline of people into this country who are not here to assimilate, they're not here to become citizens or or productive in the way that our ancestors did or everybody's ancestors would, would be imagined to is about continuing to undercut and you know work the system in a way that is weakening us horrendously well,
4: you know jen so, everybody we have,
5: we have no alternatives in a time like this to, to be saying anything about what's going on in ukraine we've, we've got so much on our plate here to worry about that you know we should just shut up
4: well but now we now we're going to end up having how many more million refugees out of ukraine
5: well, everything we've ever touched in terms of foreign policy, Tom, has ended up in a transformation of our demographics.
4: Well, and the, know, the
5: Southwest sometimes, you know, in better with better results than in others, but it, it's not without consequences for, for what we. Well, find I would uh, say
4: at the here. the Southwest side, you know, in the Orlando area where Audrey lives and does a lot of real estate stuff, I'm going to say the amount of uh, Arab Americans there is pretty high. I, I have never seen a group assimilate faster than those people. Ever. The well, amount of small so businesses, the amount of kids going to school, doing well in school. I don't know anything like it. Maybe, maybe the Asians. But I mean, they, 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 I don't see any trouble at all. Maybe there might be some, some of the high schools, I don't know much about it. But, but I mean, I've never seen, everybody, everybody can't wait to own their own house. They, the place is immaculate. I mean, I've about the American way. Those, those guys are so happy to be away from where they were. They're scary. And they, they love it here.
5: And, so, and that's great, but that isn't the pattern everywhere. And I mean, you can look at, at France and Germany as examples, where their, you know, the tentacles that were spread out into their empires in the past um, have now given them a population that is not really well. They, the, the French, or are at li- least not not in a way that's, that's happened fast enough for it not to have. You
4: know, i you're, you're much more of an expert on France, but I've read some of them. But we don't mind here if Italians, Irish. Jamaicans, uh, Arabs become, we, we want them to be. We don't have a problem with that. The, the French had a labor problem, brought people in from Morocco, and then said, okay, we don't have a labor problem anymore. Now you guys can all leave. It's kind of a, they have a different attitude about this than we do, I think.
5: Right. And they fought a horrible war in Algeria. Yeah. I mean, they were the, they, it just like us in Vietnam, they were on the wrong side from the Algerian standpoint. But now their North African population is sizable, and their African population generally you know, has has boomed, and man, they have not figured out what to do about it because Paris is just becoming a series of of ghettos that do not yeah. speak to each other, um, much worse than here. And this is the story that you never really hear about. Nobody wants to talk about it either. I mean. I it a whole lot better in Germany with with its Turkish population either. I think well. they they haven't figured out a way of making this a, a, a positive thing for them. Um and it's getting bigger and more unmanageable from their standpoint and they're just kind of at a lost.
4: Well you know I will tell you about these some of these Arab guys. The uh I take my car to one place out there and these guys are they're they're the nicest dudes, they do a great job. and know, uh, but you go there in the morning and a week I've been there a couple times, all these old Arab dudes come by and I mean, they're doing stuff. For, they don't even charge these guys. <laughs> they just come by. Oh, this is happening. Okay, they, they fix it. No, no, I'll take Take care of me next time. They just wander off, but they, they take care of everybody in the, in the families It's like I don't know. I, I, and I've never, I've never got overcharged from these guys once. But I can't believe how much they do for these other dudes, like for, for like nothing. <laughs> I don't know. But it, it's they've got a tremendous reputation in this place. And uh whatever, Jan, we got a dash. uh what do you think? Is this going to keep going, or are we going to have a bouncer today or tomorrow? I, well, I don't
5: know, Tom. It's, 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 the the omens are not good. The bird entrails need to be rearranged.
4: Yeah, we, we need to do something with our entrails. SP futures down 105, NASDAQ Futures down 409. These are real numbers, and, and Europe's worse. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks.
7: Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at That's matt at stocksandjocks.net.
1: What do we learn,
5: Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.